You're listening to Kiss My Aesthetic, your go-to podcast for bragworthy branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. Let's dive into the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. We have a repeat guest. Welcome back, Natalie. Thank you. I'm actually so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I feel like we've done a really good job of keeping up with each other since you were last on the podcast. I know. We've done some stuff and I love um, partnering with you because we're just like very like-minded. You're Gemini, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're like opposite signs because I'm a Sag, but I'm a Gemini rising. So I feel like we kind of operate on a similar wavelength. Totally. And your videos always come up for me on my For You page. So I'm like, oh, my girl. Oh my gosh, yay! <laughs> a little like, you know. Um, no, I love watching everything go down. But for anyone who doesn't know you yet or hasn't listened to the old episode, which is episode 76, um, give us some context. Who are you? What do you do? And who do you help? Well, my name's Natalie McMillan. I am an artist of kind of a, a bunch of different things, mainly jewelry. I also design fragrances and have marketed my brand through both of those things and then through some other creative creative outlets. I think just even my website was a creative outlet for me. It's kind of loud and that was like an artistic process in its own. Um, and I also sell some paintings if I if I have any done. Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place, really. I think we call this multidisciplinary. Is that the fancy Ooh. fancy name for it? Oh, I love that. Or like multi-hyphenate. Yes, multi-hyphenate. We love it. So much of your work is, and what we talked about in the last time was kind of on this like chaos spectrum. Yes, yeah. <laughs> of like having everything all at once, which I really am drawn towards. Has Have you always been that way in your design sensibilities or do you, did you have to grow into that kind of look? Um, I think I had to, in terms of jewelry, I kind of had to. Because for me, art was just like very innate. I've been painting and drawing and stuff since I was like two. So I never really had to refine my style in any way. But with jewelry, it was kind of all new to me. I started from scratch. And at the time, it was the like look was very minimal, very elegant, wearable. And so I thought, okay, I kind of just have to tailor my designs to that because that's what people want. Um, Even though it wasn't necessarily what I wanted all the time. So I think I've kind of evolved from that point to a little bit more chaotic jewelry, but there's still, there's still options for like, you know, regular jewelry styles, you know, it's a mix. No, it's, it's definitely a really solid mix. And I think I resonate with that a lot because same way when I started off my business, I wanted to be very like palatable. I wanted my stuff to be neutral and I wanted to show that I could be this chameleon and I could do all different kinds of styles and I could have, I could serve so many people when it seems counterintuitive, but you actually have more success the more that you stick to what you love and what you are drawn towards, because that's the thing that you could do better than anyone else. Yeah. For sure. And I think also just like not wanting, when you first start out, you kind of just want everybody to like you and want everybody to like your stuff. And so that sometimes means dimming your particular brand of, you know, maybe what you think is, oh, will people vibe with that? Or will they think I'm weird or, uh, you know? And so I think at first we all kind of have that dimmed. And then as you go along in business and people kind of start getting you, then you're like, oh, okay, I can be a little more myself. Mm -hmm. It comes with practice and it comes with like confidence over time too, right? Like kind of figuring out, okay, no, it is okay to lean into this look that I want or this vibe or style. I'm curious for your creative process. When you're envisioning a collection, does it come to you in kind of like a That's So Raven download? Where you're like, zoom. Oh my God, that's so funny. And you like tune in and you're like, you can see the whole thing. And then you like snap back to reality. Because that's how it works for me. I'm wondering if that's similar. That is so interesting. I have had moments kind of like that. 
with collections, God, it's so weird. Maybe, maybe I do because I almost am like, how do I come up with them? I mean, they <laughs> do sort of just like pop into my head. And it's weird because it's always after I've traveled somewhere. Yes. Yes. Now we're getting to it. Yeah. It's always when I've like, le- even if it's somewhere like, um, I went to Walla Walla, Washington. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last year for my cousin's twins birthday party. And so just like random place. It wasn't like vacation or anything. It was just like for the weekend. And on my way back, I had my whole Wizard of Oz collection like in my head. So yeah, I don't know what it is about kind of getting out of my space and my routine that maybe makes me more susceptible to having those downloads kind of like, oh, I'm going to do a Wizard of Oz collection. I don't know why I thought that. I really don't. Yeah, it wasn't like a Wizard of Oz theme party or anything. Like, what was no. the string? No idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. And then, interestingly enough, right now, I, I recently launched my Barbie collection, Barbie Core. And I had the idea for that, like, a long time ago. And I kept putting it off. And then weirdly, the timing just kind of synced up where now there's like all this Barbie, like the Barbie movies coming out. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of like worked in that way. I didn't do that on purpose. So it is interesting how it kind of just comes to you divinely. I don't know. There's something that happens, right? Because I think that you and I, we talked about this last time too, like we are children of the internet. Like, And I yes. think when you're privy to what people are talking about and where trend cycles are headed, like it's not a surprise that things cycle back around, right? Yeah. So I explain this to my clients all the time. Like they'll show me something that's super trendy and I'll say like, yeah, you can do that for now. But like here are the implications of that's going to look dated in five years, right? Like yeah. the super script brush font and watercolor vibe is very 2017 blogger and it always will be. You know what yes. I mean? Like there's just some things that give us that sense of style and place and space, but in a wonderful way, like lean into it, like lean yeah. into the aesthetic. And for a moment, like Barbie core, like I can trace it back to like Valentino pink. Like that to me yes. is what kicked off all of a sudden. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're everything's going to be hot pink now. Yeah. Like, everything's going to be Barbie, wonderful, beautiful, um, which I love because I grew up with Barbies. But it is, yes. it's funny how like the nostalgia hits for certain age groups. Like I was just walking through Target today and there was like a smocked tube top with like the tie around the neck. And I was like, I owned a top like this in the seventh grade and I wore it to death. And now it's back back at target. And I, it's just so funny. It's like, we're old enough now to see a whole like generations trend cycle come around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just laughing. Cause I saw a TikTok like a couple days ago of this girl who had like three different tank tops layered, mm-hmm. like three different colors. And she's like, it was so cute when you like layer these. And then it was this girl who like had stitched it and she was showing pictures of her in middle school wearing it Mm -hmm. in like 2007 Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. When we looked terrible, Mm -hmm. we looked so bad. And it's just like the stark difference, even though it's the exact same style, Uh but these internet kids that have had like YouTube and Uh Instagram, so they look a whole, they don't look like, there's no preteens anymore. No, 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 no. You go from a child to a full-blown adult. I'm like, what? Are there not like the awkward Uh pre-teens? Where are they? Uh But also how much of a flex is it when like a 12-year-old compliments your outfit at the airport? Oh my God. Well, that's never happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Extra wide leg jeans for Madewell. Like crop. This is coming back from the photo shoot, the team photo shoot. Like crop, white button down, super wide leg jeans, like platform vans. She's like, oh my God, I love your outfit. I was like, oh, you're like, wow. They made, because the yes. first time I was wearing this, you were not even born, but like, thank you. But like, thank you so much. No, right? seriously, seriously. I know. Especially because they're scary. Yeah. Teenagers scare me. I'm like, don't say anything to me. Can you think back to a time when you were growing up where you're like, this is my outfit that I felt just super fly. Like this is my, this was oh, my jam. I do. And I remember it because I loved it so much. And one of my friend's moms was like, what are you wearing? Wearing. I was like, what? (laughs) It was a black and white striped t-shirt that had like some sort of pink 
glitter. Like it might have said like rock princess or something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then camo like capri pants. Yep. And I thought that was like this is my moment. Yep. This that was is my for me. Time to shine. First day of seventh grade. Cami camouflage capri pants, cargo pants. Yeah, orange Hollister polo, orange, bright orange, like <gasps> yes. straight, straight hair. And my hair was like down to my butt at the time. Side bang. The side and then, bang. Like, rubber foot flops. And I thought, this is it. This is the best I'm ever going to look. Yes. Seventh grade, first day of school. Oh and that picture's hilarious. I know. I mean, it's like, it's kind of a like upside downside because I really don't have very many pictures from that time because it was right in between like having film camera, like disposable totally. cameras and having digital cameras that were on like, and then we would put the pictures on like MySpace and then they would just, they're all gone. I don't know where they are. They got deleted with my MySpace. So I don't really have many photos, but I kind of wish I did. Cause I know those outfits looked whack. Right. I know. <laughs> and then, then you're kind of thankful that they don't exist. Or like I maybe know. they exist somewhere. Like they're in somebody's like garbage pile. Some like some mom that we went to elementary middle school with, like took pictures of everything on disposable cameras, got them printed at Costco, and like somehow has these in an archive somewhere. I like know. they exist. Like I know that they're in someone's basement. Like I know they're there. <laughs> but I it's know. just so funny to think back to, right? Like where are they? Totally. But then, like we said, like all these things end up coming back into fashion. Um, And circle back through. And so how much of your, when you're approaching like a new collection or you're trying to come up with ideas, how much are you pulling from like what feels current versus what feels timeless versus like, where is that? Does that influence your design process at all? For me, not too much. I actually really try not to do anything on trend, kind of going back to when I first started and was doing everything. Cause I was like, well, this is what people want. Like, I think this is, you know, so that was kind of the trend, but it didn't really speak to my like artistic nature as much. It kind of just felt like obligatory almost. So now I just sort of make stuff that I want to wear. And yeah. for me, a lot of the times that is something like time, like right now I have on, I mean, I have like a million rings on, but like, like a gold dome ring is mm-hmm. never, it's always going to be in style. It's always going to look classy with everything. That is a timeless thing. But um, some of my other stuff, like I have on these like chunky link plasticky, like that's going to go out of style. I don't think it's even in style. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Yeah. With, with the acceleration of how fast things move, there's also been so many reports about how the trend cycle has kind of cannibalized itself. There's a ton of really talented creators that talk about this on TikTok. One that comes to mind is Old Loser in Brooklyn. Mandy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed with her videos. She does such a good job talking about it. But about how things like become a trend and then fall out of trends almost so fast that like, blah, like you can't even you can't even sink your teeth into anything. And that what will prevail is just personal style. So like yes. the trend cycle will go and what will what will stay is like personal style. I think we're seeing this right now with like Sophia Richie's wedding, right? Like right. very classic, very streamlined, very timeless. Um, but that's now become her like section of the aesthetic vibe is like she's now the representative of that look. Do you agree? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, I think also like with the trend cycle moving so quickly, it is kind of, I think the the like style icons that we start looking yeah. towards are the ones that are, regardless of what the style is, they're finding pieces from what's trendy and they're incorporating it into their own sort of uniform. Right. You know? Right. Who are the ones that stand out to you as like diehard icons? Oh, like a crop, like... Anywhere, from anywhere, music, culture, acting, sports, oh, anything. Geez. I feel like you had a bit of a Pamela Anderson moment on TikTok recently. Oh, that was so funny. I really was, yes, I did. Tell us that whole story for those that yeah. might have missed it. So I have always, I used to do makeup like in, I've always loved makeup, always like since I was little, have been interested in it. I did it professionally a little bit through college and 
one of my teachers was this makeup artist named Alexis Bogle, who was Pam Anderson's makeup artist. And she like invented that like 2005 playmate, like the smoky eye, you know, the, like the girls next door, the Pam Anderson, all the Carmen Electra. She like created that look. And so one day I, on TikTok, I was like, oh, I'll just like show people how she did her lips because that was such an iconic look. And I think this was around the time that her documentary came out or something. She was on my mind for some reason. So I did that. And then it just like blew the fuck up uh-huh. like crazy. Uh-huh. And yeah, it, it's so interesting too, like with TikTok, because I don't do makeup professionally at all. Right. At all. But it drove so many people to my business. Did it? That was my next oh, question. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that that is what's so interesting too about also like if people have personal brands and you probably hear it all the time because people would tell me this all the time and I just refuse to believe it. But like nobody really gives a shit about yep. your stuff. Like nobody really gives a shit. They care yep. about you. Yep. So like if you're somebody that they vibe with, they're going to go look at your stuff and then they're if it's just you can get a gold dome ring literally mm-hmm. anywhere. anywhere. But you might want to buy it from me if you somehow find me and like me, I guess. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know? So it really doesn't matter, like, what you put online in terms of marketing because you kind of just, like, have to market yourself. Not even that I was trying to do it in a marketing way. I just like have no. fun on TikTok, you know? Yes. But yeah. um, but it's kind of just how it works now. I feel like you occupy like a really safe big sister space on the internet. Like you kind of have this, like I'm your, like either your funky cool aunt or your older sister that has <laughs> always has a million great jewelry pieces on that. Like, yeah. let me actually show you how to line your lips. Like, and it is, it is coming. It is authentic because it's authentic. It's you actually really just wanted to share tips, but yeah. in a roundabout way, it does, it creates this story between who's viewing your stuff and who might want to buy your product. And you're creating that kind of rapport by showing up consistently. And I think that that's the biggest thing that when I'm talking to other business owners, and maybe you notice this from people you've met in like an entrepreneur entrepreneurship capacity is like, they don't want to ever open that door. And yeah. so then they get all discouraged because they're like, oh, I posted about this project I did and nobody gave a shit. And it's like, well, you didn't really make it interesting to them. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. you got to bring that personal, there has to be that personal appeal first. Yes. Is that how you kind of approach it? Or do you know other like jewelry designers that are like, oh my gosh, how are you doing this? Like, I'm struggling. Like, what am I doing? Well, jewelry is actually like one of the, and I remember when I first started and like every jewelry designer I talked to was like, um, if I had one bit of advice, it'd be like, don't try to don't be a jewelry do designer. It. <laughs> yes. Because it's like such a hard industry to crack. And honestly it is because there's only so much you can do with you're just like I said, a gold dome ring. A million people have gold dome rings, right? So you have to find a way to either make your your jewelry stand out on its own, or you have to stand out on your own to make people interested in your stuff. And I think I have never done it that way. I've never gone the way of like make people interested in me and then sure. be interested in my jewelry. I've always tried to do it the other way around just because like as much as I show up online, I like hate being perceived. I hate it. But I don't think it comes off that way at all as someone who like watches your content. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the funny thing is everybody's like, you seem like normal. I'm like, I am, but it's also just like, I don't know if I could go in a cave and never come out, I would. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to go live in your cave, if you're going to go live in your cave, what are three things you're bringing with you then? Oh my God. You're saying like, you're saying I'm going to go live in a cave. No, I don't ever need to be seen on the, seen on the internet ever again. Well, what are you going to bring with you? In a, in a professional sense or in just like a, I I need to enjoy my life. um, Either. 
Okay, well, I have to bring Zeppelin, my dog. Of course, the pups. Yep. People might hear snoring because he's right next to me and he's so loud. Yep. And then moisturizer. Fair. Because fair. I am so dry. I'm the driest skin bitch <laughs> in the world. Um, and I love moisturizer. And then I would have to bring like some sort of streaming service. I love okay. movies. I love movies. Okay. So I would just want to watch movies. Old movies, new movies, cult All classic the movies. movies. All the movies. All of them. Okay. So you've got Barbie Collection, which will be Barbie movies coming out this summer, which yep. you should do a whole party around. That was my first idea for you. The second one, you had Wizard of Oz. What other collections have you had that have been inspired by movies in that way? Have you? Um, I haven't had full collections that have been inspired by movies. Um, those two are actually the first ones that were collections that were so focused on one thing. I kind of just had like these big like core collections. I had an icon collection, which was like all these different icons, you know, like Tupac and Biggie yeah, yeah, and yeah. Jim Morrison. It was like kind of more of a music icon thing. But I have had pieces like I had True Romance Hoops which is from one of my favorite movies, True Romance, which had like dice and I loved those. Um, So I definitely have had like movie references throughout my stuff in names. Also, I guess TV references too. I had um, La Serva Hoops, which was Adriana La Serva from The Sopranos, who's like, she's a style icon. Oh my God. Totally. Oh my God. I love her. May she rest in peace. Um, (laughs) She's alive in real life. In this right, of course, yeah. of course. Uh, Christopher did not deserve her. Anyways, so yeah, but I do think I'll probably end up doing more movie-centric stuff as I go on. Yeah, I like that idea for you. I think that there's a lot of opportunities to also like expand what you've got going, right? Because you do have the jewelry as part of it. You have the fragrance. I think we should definitely talk about. You've got your artwork, like you said. And I think if you're a creative person and you like can see laterally, like what all the collaboration potential can be, like there's so many ideas that fit in your world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like this world that you created. But the fragrance was something that really like I was caught off guard in like the best way because you sent us some, some candles and some oh fragrances for their treat. And we, we smelled the, what happened in Vegas scent. And I remember watching your TikTok and you're like, I don't even know what words to use to describe to this to you, but just trust me. And, and then I smelled it and I was like, oh my God, she's so right. Like there's yeah. like a cherry note, like ex- explain how this whole idea even comes together because there's the Vegas, what happens in Vegas scent, correct? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's the one that I have top of mind where I really, I smelled it and I was like, I have never smelled anything like this before. Yeah. How did that idea come about and how do you begin as a business owner, like even on that whole journey to making and selling a fragrance? Yeah. Well, actually like making fragrances is probably the most fun I have. Like I love jewelry, but like the fragrances is so fun for me. And then the like painting and stuff is really just like pouring out my heart and soul, you know, but the, the fragrance stuff is just so much fun. But I... I remember so specifically, it was like my first year of being in business. And I thought to myself, I would love to have a perfume and a candle. And I just thought, obviously, I'm never going to do that because why would I, why would a jewelry company have a fragrance and a candle? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. But I've always been like so scent oriented and I've always mixed Mm. a bunch of fragrances together to make things that I like. And then one day, I don't know why, but I guess I just started looking like, how can I do this? Like, let's say I wanted to make one. And I started researching and then I met my girl, Sanai. She lived, she used to live in LA. Now she lives in Nashville, but she does a lot of like small batch fragrances for like celebrities and she has her own line. And so I kind of called her up and I was like, I have this idea, but can you help me with it? Because I don't know, I don't know where to get the ingredients. Like I have no idea. So I met with her and I just sort of like told her what I was thinking and the notes that I wanted. And 
I brought her all of my different things that I would mix together. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, so we I want to add these elements in. And then we mixed, I don't even know how many prototypes we went through of my first fragrance, Blood Sugar Baby, until I was like, no, this is the right one. And then I actually, Blood Sugar Baby, it's like kind of a play on words because I have type 1 diabetes. So okay. like, <laughs> like I, I am love this. like a blood sugar baby. It's also very like sweet, like caramely, but it's not like sickeningly sweet. It's because it's kind of spicy. But when I smelled the final prototype, the song uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by Red Hot Chili Peppers played in my head. So like that song and he says blood sugar baby. And that song is what that perfume smells like. I, I okay. don't know how I, else. I have this too. This is called, I think this is called synesthesia. It's when Maybe. you, when you like can associate a sense with a different sense. So like I can see yeah. colors and hear sound or like I can hear a song and know what it like looks like visually. Yeah. Or same with like smell where you can start to associate those things together, like more strongly than I think the average human where it's like yeah. comes crystal clear. Like I'm like, oh, that's purple. Like I know it yeah. like, right off the top. Oh no, so I, I think- knew it. Like yeah. I smelled it and I was like, that song literally just played in my head. And I told her, I was like, you know the song like Blood Sugar Sex Magic? And she's like, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> and she goes, and I said, this smells exactly like that song. And she smelled it and she's like, you're actually right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. So blood sugar baby was first. And then how did you get from that to what happens in Vegas? Yeah. So, well, after blood sugar baby, I had it all in my apartment. I remember. And then I was like, what the fuck did I just do? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> nobody can smell this. I know that's a hard thing about selling e-com, right? Yeah. So I thought, oh my God, nobody's going to want this. Nobody's going to buy this. I made a huge mistake. At least I have fragrance for the rest of my life with all of these bottles if nobody buys it. And it just kind of was like a sleeper like hit where word of mouth, I mean, it's just, it took on like a life of its own. And then I was wearing that so long that I was like, I kind of want to do something else. So then I did What Happens in Vegas which, yeah, I it is unlike any other fragrance I've ever smelled. And I named it What Happens in Vegas because, I mean, there's like a booze element uh-huh. and then there's like a chocolatey strawberry element. So it was kind of this like weird like thing going on. And then there's like a musk. It just had this like Vegasy sort of feel where it's like, fun and bright but it's also kind of like dirty yeah 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 I could get Um, that yeah and the way it wears down like so when you first put it on it's like what the fuck is happening and then Uh like 20 minutes later you kind of are like what is settles in yeah and you're kind of like I really just you you start smelling yourself over and over again because you're trying to figure out what it smells like yeah, it's kind of actually the weird, the funniest thing was I was at Disneyland and I smelled, I said, somebody walked by and I was like, what perfume are you wearing? Because it smelled so good. And she was like, it's called What Happens in Vegas. It was my perfume. No way. Yeah. That is so cool. Totally different on totally her. Totally different. Totally That's different, so cool. But it smells so good. And I was like, this is the craziest moment. Oh my gosh, how cool. And she didn't even recognize who you were, but she had bought it from you. Yeah. So funny. And I think that's the fun thing with the, I think that's the fun thing with the, with like word of mouth and stuff is that people just kind of buy it or they get it as a gift. And it's like, I don't even know where this came from, but it's totally, you know. No, it's funny to see how those things like kind of track through different groups and friend groups and stuff like that. Cause I'm that with my friends too, where it's like, if I find a brand that I love, I want them all to have it. I'm like, now I want everybody to get a piece of it. Right. And that's what was so fun um, for, with the retreat as well. And creating content for you was like, everyone kind of gravitates towards a style that sometimes you don't even predict. Like some of the girls on my team who are like maybe a little more soft-spoken, like went immediately for like the dagger shaped things, like anything pointy. And I was like, wow, I would have never thought that for you. And they're like, oh, I love this. And I was like, okay, like 
learning more about each other. It's kind of fun because yeah. there's so much self-expression in the way that we dress, right? And like there's, I, I feel like sometimes on the internet, like fashion gets a bad rap or it comes off as like vain or passe to like talk about wanting to like wear and buy and express yourself with, with clothing and with fashion. But I really do think like that it is like, it's the most like base level of creativity. Like everyone's got to get dressed right? Everyone's oh, yeah. going to go live, live their way through your life. And whether you're making an informed choice or an uninformed choice, I was giving my dad mad shit the other day. Cause I helped him take the car to the dealership and he was wearing like Madras shorts and, a, and then a polo, but then put on like a sweater, like a dress sweater on top of it. Or no, it was like his worry, his worry, like shorts, his workout shorts, then a white cotton polo, then had like a brown cashmere jacket sweater on it. And then his new balances. And I just looked at him and I was like, what, what were you? What were you thinking this morning? Where are you I going? Like, I was like, where? He's like, I was cold. I was like, so you just grabbed the first thing. Like, you didn't even think. Like, because maybe like the shorts and the polo was like one thing. It was like a very Costco dad look. But then yeah. he threw on this like business casual sweater. And it's just really throwing me for a loop. And he's like, oh, whatever. And he's all like cranky about it. I know. And it's the just sweater, like. sweater. Yeah. What? We've really mixed vibes. Sometimes he gets dressed and my mom looks at him and she's like are you five? Like, what are you wearing? Like what's going on? But for him, it's just so not a thing versus I think, and maybe this is gendering it too much, but like, I'm constantly thinking about what I'm wearing unless I'm walking my dog, in which case it's any weird combination of things. That's the closest and most comfortable. Oh, me too. And I'm always afraid. I'm like, what if, cause I look like the craziest person on earth when I walk my dog in the morning. And I'm like, what if I ran into like, the love of my life. And I look like this. And you're wearing insulated Crocs. And I'm wearing my insulated Crocs, you know, Uh my, Mm -hmm. my crutes, my Croc boots. Um, and looking like all kinds of whatever, like what if the hottest guy I've ever seen in my life goes by? And I'm just like, okay. But then they got to love you through that too. Right. I mean, it would be a rough first impression, but if that was, (laughs) if that was the impression they grabbed onto, then that'd be good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. It's so, it's tough with first impressions, right? You only get one shot. That's literally in the name. Um, but as you're kind of like living in Southern California as well, there's a culture of, of Southern California knowing cause I grew up here as well. It's like that impression, the visual impression uh-huh. of kind of like being too much or not enough or playing yourself up or down. And I love a theme. I love a costume of good friends of mine just through an inflatables themed birthday party. So everyone showed up in an inflatable costume and they rented a bounce house. Oh my God. That is so fun. Definitely the most fun I've had in a long time because it just stripped all that away. Right. You didn't care if you looked fat. You didn't care if you looked, if you didn't like your outfit, if you didn't like your shirt, if you ate, like it just, everybody was a blow up, whatever. So I was like a huge blow up avocado. And then my friends were like blobs and then the aliens and flamingos. And it was just crazy to have that much fun. But I'm wondering yeah. like if living in LA, especially West Hollywood, like do you find yourself ever getting caught up in that kind of mental space of like the appearances game or are you kind of like you know what I was there in my younger years and now I'm just freaking over it? I think, you know, growing up, I didn't grow up in LA, but I think growing up just in general, again, on the internet, yeah, of uh, course. in in that age of like vicious pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did kind of like really get my mind caught up in those things, but now very genuinely, I walk around West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, whatever. And I look around and I'm like, everyone looks the same. Right. I'm right? the only one that doesn't look like this. And then for me, that's kind of a flex. Totally. I'm like, like, actually, I think that this kind of like boosts my confidence because I don't look like any of these people. And so I think, yeah. And especially to your point about fashion, like sometimes when I'm wearing an outfit that might seem like kind of ridiculous, I feel the best. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, and maybe it's just because I feel the most like me and so that I'm comfortable. And I think anytime that you can express your style through clothes, jewelry, your hair, your makeup. Um, and that's what I love about makeup too, is just that you can, it makes you feel like you or like the best version of you. And that can change every day. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do my makeup one way. Other times I'll do it like totally different. And 
it just sort of depends on my mood, but it helps you to feel the best in your own skin. And I think that that is like the biggest flex you can have. Yeah. Well, how would you describe how you want like customers of your jewelry pieces to feel? Comfortable, comfortable, yeah. seen, um, and just like having something that's expressive, but like not so serious. Yeah. Yeah. I get that tone a lot from, from your stuff is like, um, even your chaotic newsletter, which I love, um, (laughs) open it every time. Um, there's that balance, right? It's like, it's, I'm showing up and I'm expressing myself, but by you expressing yourself in a, a loud kind of out there way, sometimes makes other people feel more comfortable to be themselves in a different kind of way. Right. And, yeah. and whether the appearances and stuff matters to them or not, like, I just, like, I just told that whole story of my dad and his ridiculous outfit. Like, that's just so my dad, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah, there's, yeah. Be- there's beauty in that too. There's beauty in the person that's just like, this is clothing is strictly utilitarian. I'm just never going to be that person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just funny to see like, and how beautiful, like the spectrum of that human experience, right? That you can have, Absolutely. you can be all the way from one side to all the way to the other side. And that there's, there's kind of a lot of celebration to be had in just that fact, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that maybe that's like what keeps me inspired to yeah. create new things is just because it's like, okay, I've never tapped into like this area. And like, I wonder who would like this or who would wear that. Or if the same person that would wear, you know, my more simple stuff, would they also wear my other stuff, you know, and kind of seeing who gets what it's all really a fun way to like view society, I guess. Totally. Totally. And it becomes a time capsule. Like I think even with my work, like I can look back on my work and be like, okay, wow, that's what we really cared about in 2016. That's what we really cared about in 2019. Like, it's really interesting to kind of watch it back. And also again, like our whole generation in 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be so interesting to see what we thought was important now. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, I also often wonder like, what am I going to look back on? in even five years that I'm like, what the totally. fuck was I doing? What was I doing? Was I, I think that doing? all the time. Like yeah. I look back on like 2016, 17. And I was just telling my, my best friend, I was like, my eyebrows were <laughs> so big, That's so, so funny. huge and like yeah. so massively sharply angled. And at the time, everybody was always like, I love your eyebrows. Like, your eyebrows are amazing. Da, da, da. And I look back and I'm like, these look fucking crazy. Mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. look nuts, you know? But at the time, you just, you don't, I thought I was looking great. So I wonder in five years, like, what is it going to be where I'm like, what was I doing? Oh my gosh, it's so humbling to scroll back and read your own Instagram captions. So humbling. Oh my God. I don't know if I've ever done that. Oh God, I don't recommend. I went back like way back recently on my business Instagram and uh-huh. I was like reading the things that I was, I was like, who, I don't even recognize who was writing this at this point. Like this just right. feels like such a different person. And I don't know who I was trying to be and for what, but it's just like, I read some of the stuff what? like, but this was also yeah. like peak girl boss, girl yes. boss era. You know yeah. what I mean? Where yeah. like the biggest thing you could be like, the best thing would be like wear a pink blazer and color yourself a girl boss. It's a like girl boss. Ultimate. Hashtag girl boss. What are your thoughts on Instagram now? You know, I, I'm kind of one foot in one foot out. I think yeah. that it's, it's unfortunately TikTok DMs are just not nearly as strong. Oh and my there's God. so much conversation. There's so much connection that happens in Instagram DMs. And so I think that that's a big reason that it's keeping me there. But then I'm also noticing a lot of my audience from TikTok spills over into Instagram because yeah. there's just kind of more of a, in a, even though my following on TikTok is larger, like my Instagram's not so much, but it just feels like more of a way to keep up, keep tabs on somebody on a regular basis than TikTok does. TikTok is like, show me the thing from the creator that has like four followers. That's so niche to me that I'm going to love it and send it to 80 people because it's like, that's my shit. Yes. Yeah. And you don't get that on Instagram. Instagram, you just see everybody's perfectly polished baloney, which also is right. exhausting. Right. So it's like, Pick I don't your even poison. see any of my friends. I see like I nothing know. that anybody I care about. I'm like, huh? Somebody could have a baby and I wouldn't know. 
Literally. And now the ads are so aggressive that I'm just like, I'm tired of like getting sold to constantly. And so TikTok yeah. feels like a reprieve from that. But then being on this, uh, on the TikTok hamster wheel can also be exhausting because you're yeah. like, damn, I put so much effort into this video and it's like, Wah. Like yeah. 400 views. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then it's like, I can post my work all day long. And then I post my birthday invitations and all of a sudden everybody's up my oh. butt about them. I'm like, right. oh my God. Like, okay, I guess we're going to ride this for a while. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I feel like with it, it's like, I was always more of an Instagram person, even though it would frustrate the shit out of me. I was always frustrated yeah. with it just because, I mean, for a million reasons, all the reasons that everybody doesn't like Instagram. And then everybody's like, you should be on TikTok. You should be on TikTok. And I was just like, no, I don't want to like yeah. have to think of yeah. trends or like the songs. And it's like, it feels like so much effort. And I'm already putting like a ton of effort on Instagram. I just, how many hours in a day do I have? Exactly. I'm one exactly. human and I'm doing all of this myself. So I think kind of, I, I decided one day, like it has to be sort of one or the other. Totally. Totally. So you're fully in the, you, you're both feed into TikTok then, huh? I'm kind of, well, I'm both feed into TikTok. I still have my Instagram, but it's just like, it's less of a priority for me because it gets seen by like nobody that even follows me. And then also just like the ROI on it. Totally. Totally. Like I can post one TikTok about fucking nothing yeah and it will drive way more traffic to my website than post on instagram and that's what i keep telling people too it's like it's like i i posted this whole series about my birthday invitations and i got 40 inquiries over a weekend 40 four zero like yeah. that's stupid why would i even spend that much time on instagram to like maybe nurture one lead that's loosey-goosey and dms me once every three months that's like half serious about moving forward like yeah no like i'd yeah. rather like granted like i'm not a birthday invitation designer but at the very least i can connect with these people and to try to help them out or refer them to my facebook group or my podcast or whatever because you never know where these things go right like yeah. you never know and so it's you way more know. fun it's way more fun to me to be on that, that game of it. And you're right. It's like a return on your time. It's like, if you're a busy yeah. entrepreneur and you only have so much time and you got to do your work, like then find the, find the tool that's giving you the highest return on your time, because that's the stuff you'll not get back. Right. And for me, like, and I think we talked about this in our previous episode, but like, I'm all about yeah. fun. If I'm yeah, not having course. fun, I'm of like, course. this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And yeah. Instagram really started feeling like, I'm not having fun here. I'm just doing this out of obligation, like to totally. keep numbers up. I don't know. Yeah. And then I think once I finally kind of leaned into TikTok and I was like, I just have fun on there and I have no expectations for it. Yeah. Because I don't treat it at all like my business because it's not. It's not. Right. Right. I rarely ever talk about my business on there. I mean, people ask like, oh, where's your jewelry from? And then I'll say like, oh, well, it's fine. And maybe I'll do a video about it. But for the most part, like it's just fun for me. And like, I can't think of a better way to kind of have it, you know, to, to just yeah. be able to mindlessly have fun and then be like, oh, and this like helps my business, you know? Yep. 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 No, it's exactly um, how I got into live streaming also was just like, oh, I never live streamed. Oh my God, girl, you should do it. It's really fun. Here's the thing in a live stream, just showing like a logo design process. So for example, this last weekend, I'm helping um, my sister's friend's sister plan a bachelorette party and they wanted custom branding for the bachelorette party and some help like sourcing all of the materials for the bachelorette party. And so I just set up my phone on, on TikTok live and on a Friday afternoon on Cinco de Mayo, had no plans, was just going to stand and work. And in the space of an hour, 800 people watch this live. Like so the visibility crazy. is bonkers. The visibility is bonkers. Yes. And it's a thing yeah. of like, people want to see how the sausage gets made, right? Because you'll stand out in front of a bakery where they're hand rolling croissants for 20 minutes before you decide you want a croissant. Like yeah. that's exactly the oh, same mentality. Not me, not me. Give me 30 Two seconds minutes. and I want the okay. croissant. Perfect. <laughs> but, but for you with like the jewelry stuff or even coming up with concepts or working with your suppliers or anything like that, or, or deciding fragrances, like it just creates a really natural, really like easy rapport of kind of like a day in the life stuff. And then the best part about going live is you can download those suckers afterward and then you can set it to a time lapse uh, and then you can speed it up. So anything yeah. that you see of me, that's like logo design, that's sped up 
is not even time-lapse for my laptop. It's probably the downloaded TikTok live where I'm then like stripping that, cutting it, repurpose it. So within the time that I went live, I was pet sitting at my parents' house. So went live for like two, three hours, then downloaded the live, then from sitting in the hot tub, uploaded three TikToks out of it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It just, again, yeah. it's like an optimization of your time and, and to get your time back is so valuable. And I'm like a big, like optimize your time person. It's the works, work smarter, not harder thing. Exactly. Smarter, and yeah. it has that casualness that we're talking about because it's not produced. It's not on a DSLR. It's not super glossy. It's not high res. Like it's just kind of a, as if you were sitting like parrot on my shoulder, watching me do my job. That's kind of, I think it, it gives, that's way more TikTok than it is Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's why it's easy for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And because their algorithm is like tailored to, and that's like their secret really is that they have such a specific algorithm that gets people that are interested in what you yep. have to offer or say or whatever to see it. Whereas Instagram, yep. I think kind of killed itself because they destroyed their algorithm and you're not even seeing your friends, you know? So totally. it's like, Instagram made the barrier to entry so much higher than it needed to be. Like I think yeah. with Instagram, like you had to have these super glossy photos or these well-produced reels or like everything had to be super fabulous, like all the time, which is just not realistic. Whereas TikTok, it's like straight out your phone is good, bro. Like yeah. just show us what oh, you yeah. got. Just like you know? upload it. And also the interface on reels makes no sense to me. I'm like, None. this is the most None. confusing thing I've ever met yeah. in my life. Yeah. You know? Oh, I feel you. So if you're going in the cave, you're not taking Instagram. I take it. No, I wouldn't take any social media if I was in my cave. Yeah. Just the movies and my dog and my moisturizer. And there you go. And you're That's really life. all I need. Okay. Yeah. So if not in a cave, where do you see Nat Shop Natalie McMillan going in three years, five years from now? What's What do you hope to be doing? What's on the vision board? Oh my gosh. That is so interesting. I really would love to do more art. Yes. Um, I love painting so much and I would love to be able to have more time to paint. And I think in doing so, I would have to just like sell more paintings. Um, Can you just host one? Can you like host an event, like a paint night? I would freaking go. I would drive out from San Diego. Oh, I guess I could. I guess I could. I guess my problem is I'm like, I have so many ideas all the time that I can never focus them into one area. Uh-huh. I mean, uh -huh. I guess that's an ADHD thing, but like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like clinical. Pretty textbook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard for me to, to like focus it into like, oh, that's a good idea. You know, like how would I sure. get from A to B? I'm just like, I just want this and I don't know how to go there, but I just want, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, usually it evolves in some, is somehow, but I would love to do, yeah, more paintings. I would love to do more fragrances. Yeah. This year, I really, I'm, I mean, we're halfway through the year, but I, I'm hoping to get another one done by the end of the year. Nice. Nice. And then I had a holiday candle in 2020 that like, and I told people this was a one-time deal. This is a, I'm just doing it. It's like a limited edition fun candle for Christmas of 2020, which was like the fucking worst. And when I tell you people were like legitimately mad at me in 2021, because I didn't bring it back. And then 2022, I tried to bring it back. And it just was like, we couldn't get it done. So I, I mean, if I don't do it this year, I, I'm afraid for my life. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I fear for myself. Um, yeah. So that will, that will come out for Christmas. And yeah, but just in terms of the next three, five years, I genuinely have no idea. But that's kind of how I've always done it. I've always just been like, I don't know what's around the corner, but I'm just going to keep rolling with it. You know? I like it. Because that's, like that's how I did the fragrances and that's how I did the candles. And I design clothes sometimes and I used to have bags and it's just kind of I feel whatever. like I could see you landing some cool collabs. Like collabs oh, with brands. To. With brands that are like atypical to have a jewelry collab, like I don't know why yeah. I feel like I see you like partnering up with some like very niche 
car company or something that, and there's like, you're designing hood ornaments that are also jewelry or some, there's some like crossover. Do you know what I mean? Like something that's really out of the box. Well, right now I'm actually working on a collection for the magic castle. Oh, (laughs) like in in the Hollywood, like magic castle or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. That's see, I feel like I can see you do stuff like that because, because you have such an like a specific like vibe, but it's also open but like kind of occupies this really interesting, fun, colorful, crazy, but also still like rock and roll kind of space. I think there's, I think yeah, there's a yeah. lot of very natural collaborations for you. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. We're going to find out. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, the other question we've been asking everyone this season on the podcast, because we started it in January and now it's kind of a weird question to ask because we're it's May already. Um, but something you're taking with you in 2023 and something you're leaving behind in 2022. I think what I'm, I think, well, let's say I'll start with what I'm leaving behind. And that is, I can actually finally say for the first time in my life that I have such better work-life balance right now. Like, oh my God, I, I never thought I'd see the day. But like, I genuinely have like started taking care of myself a little bit better. Like I'm not working till 10 PM and then going to bed at three and waking up at six. Like I'm taking better care of myself. And so I'm leaving all of that in 2022. And then in 2023, I'm taking, um, I think just the openness to anything you know I've sort of thought because I've had kind of like other things come my way to incorporate into my brand or to do things on TikTok or whatever and I'm just sort of open to like okay like let's just see where this goes see let's where see where that, go. what that happens yeah um so I think nice. just like a general openness to seeing what the universe has in store I guess I like that that sounds optimistic. Yeah. That sounds well, yeah, I'm very optimistic. I'm a very optimistic yeah. person. Yeah. Good. Good. Ditto. Um, well, where can everyone find you, follow you, see your work, buy some of your pieces? Yes. Plug yourself. Okay. You can go to natalie-mcmillan.com. There you can go to my shop or you can sign up for my newsletter, which is just like once a month. And it it has nothing to do with anything, really. It's just it's fun. fun. Um, and then I'm on Instagram. My personal one is at Natalie MCM. TikTok is at Natalie.MCM. Somebody else is Natalie MCM. And then my Instagram uh, for my brand is shop Natalie McMillan. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for hanging out and chit-chatting and catching up. Of course, it's always a pleasure. And we'll see you again soon. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to follow along and leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll see you in the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group for years and years of behind the scenes content and over 5,000 connections with fellow creatives. For show notes from today's episode, please visit mkwcreative.co slash podcast. This episode was edited by Berta Wired and theme music comes from Eliza Vera and Nathan Menard. Catch you next time. Catch you next time.